happen to continue on in this Christmas series that we introduced last week titled Sounds as a Season, season Carols to Live By. And if we could get the first slide pulled up for me there. I want to continue on. Last week we started with talking about Luke chapter 2. And we're going to continue with this same idea, the same scripture today in Luke chapter 2, but we're going to take it in a different direction. Because we must not lose the sight of what Christmas is really about. What is it really about? I mean, after all, <clears throat> we get so busy with all the gift giving, the family and friends, activities, the parties. It's all fun, great stuff. The food, the Christmas cookies. I love Christmas cookies. And you can ask Jessica sometime. Anytime we start talking about planning some type of Christmas or get together in the month of December, I'm always like, we should have everybody bring their favorite Christmas cookie. And then people need to remind me, Patrick, you don't cook or bake, so you shouldn't say that because you don't realize how much work it is to bring Christmas cookies to every single event. But that's how I am. We have fun with all of this stuff. The gifts, the family, the fun, the parties, the, even the music, the drinks. I'm talking about eggnog. I like eggnog. Not everybody does. But... It's not about all this, is it? You know, I was reminded yesterday by somebody in this church congregation that without Christmas shopping, they said, whatever happened to just giving three gifts? Why can't we ever go back to that? Just three gifts, right? But again, it's not about any of this. The children will be dismissed in a moment. I want to start <clears throat> with just this short video message today. This little tree... Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about, guys. We talked about this last week, but we're going to continue it this week. And I haven't forgot about you kids. I want you to hear one more thing before you dismiss. You know, there's something that this picture shows here, and it's been, it's been bringing, people have been bringing attention to this a lot lately, and I never recognized it until this year, and I just love this. And I hope, I see some people talking. Maybe you notice. I've got a picture up here of Charlie Brown in the speech you just saw. 
The blanket has been dropped. Did you notice in that video, I wish I could have paused it, but I don't have those controls. I wish I could have paused it right at the moment that he dropped that blanket. But it was right around the time when he said, fear not. Fear not. And he drops his blanket, his security blanket, because the birth of Jesus Christ starts this whole new beginning for us. This whole new relationship is about to begin where we have a Savior with us, born as a baby, who's going to live this life to forgive us of our sins and to take our fear away. The birth of Jesus takes away our fears in life. And we need to cling to him, to his story, not to the blanket. We can be like Charlie Brown, can't we? Sometimes we may feel like Charlie Brown as we go into the months of December. Maybe you feel like everything you do turns into a disaster. But we need to fear not. And we need to look to Christ who gives us the real meaning of Christmas. And with that short little message, the children are dismissed to Children's Church. But we're going to continue. You don't get off that easy, I'm sorry. You're welcome to open up to Luke chapter 2 as we continue. But I want to continue with that thought. Maybe sometimes we feel like Charlie Brown as we go into the months of December. And Charlie Brown started off that little scene saying that he just feels like everything he does, everything he touches, is just turns into a disaster. And maybe you feel like everything you do turns into a disaster. You have the best of intentions, but you just cannot seem to get anything right. And maybe it's not you at all. Maybe it's not even your fault. Maybe it's just this time of year doesn't bring out the best of you. Maybe you think about all the things that bring you down, all the things that upset you as you get stressed over the gifts, having to buy all these gifts. As you get stressed out over the finances and where's the money going to come from, as you get stressed out over all the parties, maybe you naturally desire to stay at home a little bit more and you're being pushed out of your comfort zone to have to entertain people, whether it be in your own house or outside of your house. You're being pushed out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's upsetting as you find yourself working extra hours to try and make this money, or maybe it's required of you that this time of year you work all these extra hours, especially if you're in retail. Or maybe, lastly, maybe it's upsetting to you this time of year because you're thinking of a loved one who's not with you anymore. I know all of these things are real-life problems that we have. It's not fake news, as some people would say. These things have become part of the reality of what life is today. Especially this time of year, we struggle with these things. But, and there's a big but, this isn't what it's supposed to be about. It's not what we should be focused on. Linus from Charlie Brown helped remind Charlie Brown and us that it's all about Jesus. Being born as a baby. And he's not telling us something made up from his own mind or something they read in some fictitious novel or book or a poem. This is from Luke chapter 2, from God's word, from truth. And it's the very word that we read last week. But have we lost the true meaning of Christmas? Christmas is more than all this. And some people say drop the mic or there's a drop the mic moment. This is a drop the blanket moment. Fear not. We need to look to Christ. We need to cling to him and look to the real meaning of Christmas. A baby being born in a manger, born and sat in a manger. A king, born as a king, God with us. We must see that the true meaning of Christmas isn't about us at all. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the work. It's not about the parties, the eggnog. 
It's about Jesus. Christmas is about love. Love which is so steadfast, so enduring that it would lead to this baby, a baby born a king, and a life which would go to the cross for us. I love this image, but I wanted to change the word love. I can't take that away, but I should have added a word, king. Because I saw a devotion, I saw a pastor speaking this week. It's so easy to think of Jesus as a king when he's an adult, or as God when he's an adult. But even as a baby, right here, born as a baby, that is our king. The king that would rule over our life and still continues to rule over our life today. A king which would change the lives, the very meaning of life. So I, quote, I saw a quote this week by Frederick Bechner, which said, I don't even know who it is, I just saw this quote and I liked it, so I'm giving it to you. It says this, It is impossible to conceive how differently things would have turned out if that birth had not happened. For millions of people who have lived since, the birth of Jesus made possible not just a new way of understanding life, but a new way of living it, and a new way of getting it. The birth of Christ shows us love in a way which gives life. Without Christ, there is no life. Without Christ, we are dead in our sins. In a way, you could say that love is powerful and love produces life. And you can see how love is just so powerful by even looking around to our culture's view of love. Every single movie, every single book that you read generally has some type of love story in it. Even the man movies, as I would call them, generally has some type of love story in it. And men, as much as I hate to admit it, it's not just to get the women to watch it with us. That love story kind of has a way of making the story a little bit more powerful as we see the meaning behind it, as we see what are we fighting for. The love story here in this manger of Jesus was showing us he was fighting for us. He was fighting for us. But have we lost the meaning of love? Have we lost the meaning of fighting for him, fighting for this life that he so freely gives us? How does God show us love? What does this love of Jesus being born show us? It's because of the baby Jesus that all the following may be said. Some of this you know by heart. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, they sent his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him may have eternal life. Romans 5.8, God shows us his love in this. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8.38-39, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. You see, some of you might be singing, singing, thinking, well, why are you giving us all these verses? These were for when Jesus was an adult and when he died on the cross. But all of these started with this. All of these started with what Christmas was all about, with where Christmas started, with how we celebrate the birth of Christ and how the angels are quoted as saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angels are praising God. 
Now, they, they don't say that it was with musical instruments. They don't say that it was singing or if it was just speaking or how they were praising God, but they were praising God. The multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. You know, we like to think about all these old Christmas hymns, all these old Christmas carols, which have been passed down generation to generation, and how we love singing these. But you know what? The angels sang the first Christmas carols. The angels sang the first Christmas carols as they praised God. But now it's been passed down to us to do as well. And we need to be doing this. It all started with the manger. Jeremiah 31.3 tells us, The Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. God is love, and he fulfilled his promises to his, pe his people. He fulfilled the prophecies of Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection. And all of this was out of love, and it all started with this. Being born of a virgin, Mary. Being born in a manger. You know, it's interesting to think just how much God had to do bring all this together. I mean, this was no normal pregnancy. This was no normal birth. I mean, just think of the fact that at this exact time that Mary was going to uh, birth Jesus, our Savior, there was this census that was called for, and they had to travel all this way. Then there was no space in the inn, and then he would be placed in a manger. But not just that. Think about this. It wasn't like us where we hop in our cars. It's estimated that the journey for the census while pregnant would have been about an 80-mile journey. 80 miles. God pieced all of this together to fulfill these prophecies, the hope of Jesus, to bring it all to us. And we continue with this Christmas series as we celebrate the Advent season, the coming of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, our Savior and our King, a time of longing and celebrations, prophecy, hope, peace, love, joy, and Christ. But the meaning of Christmas is Jesus. Last week we started the new series and we talked about Hark the Herald Angels Sing, uh, Luke 2, 1 through 21. We talked a lot about the good news that the shepherds, the shepherds had received from the angels. We talked about the angels, we talked about the shepherds, and we talked about that word hark, which means to listen up, hark. And pay attention. We have a unique opportunity this season. And that's why we're talking about sounds of the season. Because we have a unique opportunity to reflect the light of Christ in the songs that people are singing. And as everybody else is living these crazy, hectic lives, we need to slow down a, li a little bit and look to the meaning of the season. Look to the sounds of the season. They give us a unique opportunity as we hear people singing, people are listening. As we hear people singing the words to this song and many others, we can stop them in their tracks and say, hey, have you ever thought about what you're singing? Because so often we all get stuck in what we're singing. It just becomes ritualistic. We're humming it. We're singing it. We're hearing it on the radio in the shopping, the mall. We're hearing it on the radio in the store or in the, in the car. But we don't really stop to think about what we're saying. We're going to slow down and look to the words. And as I said last week, we're going to look to what exactly are we proclaiming for the world to hear. Because we need to do two things. As I said last week, one, we need to meditate on the song's proper meetings ourselves. 
And number two, which naturally leads from that, as we now know the proper meetings, the meanings of the songs, we must be more purposed to explain the meanings to others. People are listening, but are we proclaiming for the world to hear? Help others to meditate on the true meaning of Christmas through the sounds of the seasons, the carols to live by, slow down. And today we start with a new song, a song called God Rescue Mary, Gentlemen. Luke chapter 2. Now let me give you a little bit of the history behind this, and then we're going to start going into some detail about what this song says and why it's important to our life. You see, I'm unable to tell you who the author was. <clears throat> I'm also unable to say when it was written. It's one of the oldest hymns, and it is thought to have been written in the 15th century. It's one of the oldest Christmas carols that have been passed down from generation to generation. And it said that this hymn, this Christmas carol, was ultimately produced out of the lack of joy-filled songs in the church of that day. It said that most of the songs were dark, joyless, somber songs, and nothing was focusing on being joyful for the hope we had in Christmas, the hope we had in Christ being born. And because of the enthusiastic tone in which it was written, it gave churchgoers an opportunity to truly celebrate the birth of, the birth of Christ outside of the church walls, in the cities, on the streets. And though God rest ye merry gentlemen has been around for centuries, it's said that the first publication of it was not until 1833 in a book that had a collection of Christmas songs gathered by William B. Sandys. It was called Christmas Carols, Ancient and Modern. Hundreds of years later, though, these words of this song, and even the very title can be confusing to us. The words have been changed throughout the generations. The, the way it's sang has been changed. Verses have been added. And you'll notice later we're going to sing it. And we won't be singing every bit of it, but we need to look to the meaning of what we do sing. What does it say? Because it's packed with meaning. But the title alone brings some confusion to us. God rescue Mary, gentlemen. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But it's believed that this song may have been sung in the town by watchmen or public servants, police officers, or others, and two others as people walking about the town. It said that this song wasn't produced and sang initially in the church. It was sung outside of the church. You know, it may have been a salutation or a greeting spoken or sung to others as they walked by. In a way, it's almost, it's almost entertaining to us to think of police officers or the town watchmen singing this as a salutation for people to walk by, almost like the shepherds, the angels singing to the shepherds, and then the shepherds telling others of the news they had seen. In a way, it's almost as if they were like the shepherds, proclaiming the truth of the birth of Jesus to their flock, leading their sheep in the way of life and protecting them from being led astray and into the paths of wolves to lions, protecting them from death. I can tell you one thing, whoever wrote this song, this hymn, this carol, whatever you want to call it, they knew the story of Jesus' birth, and they knew it well. The word of God, they knew well. The Christmas story, because all of this is directly from the true source. God, rescue Mary, gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. O oh, tidings of comfort and joy. 
In Bethlehem in Israel, the blessed babe was born and laid within a manger upon this blessed morn. The which his mother Mary did nothing take in scorn. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. O tidings of comfort and joy. From God our heavenly Father a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. O tidings of comfort and joy. That's only three verses. It goes on for another four if you sang them all, if you read them all, but it's all directly from Scripture. Now, sure, there's some words in there that are added to help us picture it, but most of it is a direct picture of that day. But God rest you, Mary, gentlemen, has a confusing part. I never noticed this before. I was dumbfounded about it until I started researching this this week. And let me tell you, I did a lot of research in this song. I listened to this song probably 200, 250 times by 50 or 60 different music artists. I wanted to see what are all the different ways people sing it. You know, I can tell you that, that um, Nat King Cole, I believe it is, skips the second verse. Ben Cosby skips several other verses. I mean, everybody kind of picks and chooses what verses they're going to sing. Very few renditions actually sing all seven verses. Some of the artists change certain words so that it sings better. It's interesting how so many people sing it in so many different ways. But... I was dumbfounded by this. God rest ye merry, comma, gentlemen. You see, there's two things that people get confused about. And one is the meaning, or what's this mean? God rest ye merry, gentlemen. God rest ye merry. We just don't talk like this anymore, so it's hard for us to understand what it means. But secondly, the punctuation throws us off. So in the day it was wrote, it could have meant one of two things. Listen closely to this. God rest ye mighty men of God. Could have been one way. Or number two, it could have been, in today's language, also been put as, God keep and bless you, gentlemen. Think of Robin Hood and his merry fighting men. You see, people talked differently back then. And as you think about this, this day and age, and as we're wanting to understand it, and what does it mean by how we say, God rest ye merry gentlemen? One way that could have been understood, and there's a debate over if it was this way or not, but in this day and age, it could have been understood as Robin Hood's mighty fighting men. And the word merry could have been understood as mighty. In the same way, some people would say, wow, they are a merry singer. And as they said a merry singer back then, they meant a mighty singer. There's many other different ways, but it's confusing for people, not just because of it being said, God rest you merry gentlemen. What does that mean? God rest you merry gentlemen. But also, we like to put it all as one. God rest you merry gentlemen. But as we see that punctuation mark, that comma, it can throw us off. God rest you merry gentlemen. Huh? God rest you merry. That just doesn't even sound like a complete sentence, especially as we're singing it. God rest ye merry, gentlemen. It sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? So as we think about this comma, we need to understand that changes the entire meaning of how it should be understood. We can live this Christmas carol, this Christmas season, as we think about what it's meant to be. In this day and age, it was almost like a salutation. It was a greeting that the watchmen would be singing in the streets for people to hear as they walked by. And if we think about it in the meaning that it could have been. Think about somebody walking by you, and you say, 
God rest ye mighty men of God. God keep and bless you. Or with a comma, it could have also been, God make you mighty gentlemen as they walk by you on that day. It could have been, God help you rest, gentlemen. God keep and bless you, gentlemen, this season. But it doesn't end there. The lyrics continue. And hymns are meant to speak to us. All of these songs are meant to speak to us. We shouldn't just sing them without, without looking at the meaning. As you look at it, it says, God rest ye merry, comma, gentlemen. I, I need to mention one thing before we go forward. A few weeks ago, I brought attention to a, I believe it was in the Psalms, on the gratitude message for Thanksgiving. And I mentioned the exclamation mark. Psalm 148, and how after each one, it's exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And then somebody told me after church, Pastor Patrick, the Pew Bibles don't have exclamation marks. So I do want you to know, if you're looking at the English Standard Version Bible and not the NIV, it does have exclamation marks. But today, I'm pointing out this comma. And this comma is not in the Bible, it's in this song. God rest ye merry gentlemen. And we're going to look to this song, but it says more. It says, God rest ye merry gentlemen. And we need to look beyond just that. It says, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. You see, these words are meant to speak to us. They're meant to make us think about God's word. I mean, this is directly God's word in front of us, too, as it's giving us a picture of what Luke chapter 2 says. And this should help you think about the way you're living. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Drop the blanket, fear not, and remember what we have today. We have Christ our Savior, which was born on this day. Meditate on God's word. Not just songs, but ultimately let the songs lead you to God's word. God, rescue mighty men of God. God rescue mighty men of God. No matter how many times I listened to this song, that kept sticking out to me that we need to rest and be mighty, merry men of God. Do not dismay. Do not be saddened. Do not be downcast, upset, or depressed. But remember, Christ was born on this day. We are saved from Satan's power. And in a day, a month, where we're, we seem to be saddened or be upset or be stressed out, we need to look to the real meaning of Christmas. And don't look to the Grinch for, to be reminded of it. Don't look to It's a Wonderful Life to be reminded of it or any other movie. Look to God's word. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. These angels brought good news to them. They were told to fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, a Savior. The angels recognize this little baby as a Savior the day he was born. And we need to, too. We are saved from Satan's power. Satan does, not ha does have power. And we have, been laid we have been led astray. But just as the song sings, now we can say we have comfort, we have joy, and we are mighty, merry men of God. We have tidings of comfort and joy because we recognize that Jesus, the Savior, was born on this day. 
So as the song sings, this should, as the song says, this should bring you good tidings of comfort and joy. What do you have this season? What do you have in your life? Are you mighty? Are you merry? Are you happy? Are you full of comfort and joy? God has made you strong. But it's not in our strength that we're strong. It's in the strengths of God. But are you strong? Are you mighty? Are you focusing on how Satan continues to lead you astray? This is a carol to live by as it helps us to live with the hope of Jesus being born to save us from Satan's power when we went astray. But we need to abide in him. We need to teach others and praise him. And scripture clearly states in Colossians 3.16 to teach one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. And this includes these carols too. May these carols lead you to the word of God. Lead you to the truth. Some of our Beloved carols teach good biblical truth, which we can lean on, and it can remind us that we are mighty, mighty, merry men of God. It may be confusing because of the language or the punctuation, but it does give us power. It gives us joy. It gives us comfort and tidings of such. But it's all based off Luke chapter 2. So let's go back to the beginning of the message today as we start to wrap up. We're in the Christmas season. And some of you need this song because your souls may be downcast. You may be upset. You may be saddened of a loved one that's not with you this year. You may be upset or saddened of your finances or your working hours or your arrangements with family, with friends, or of all the gifts that you have to buy or at least we think we have to buy. You may be scared. You may be afraid, but I urge you, just as the angels said, fear not. For we have great news. Put down that blanket, that security blanket, and cling to him. Cling to the good news that we have in Jesus. Stop being discouraged or depressed. And as we step into this Advent season, let's focus on this. Let's focus on the hope. Let's focus on the love. Let's focus on the peace, the joy. Let's focus on Jesus Christ, the true meaning of Christmas. Charles Spurgeon said this, My heart delights to think of the Lord Jesus Christ at this hour. Not as a Gethsemane pleader with groans, agony, and bloody sweat, but as one who has finished his work and who now reigns in the glory of the Father. Having all power in heaven and earth, he sends the blessing to those whom it comes. This song speaks powerfully about the purpose which Christ was born. The gospel. And it's so easy as we see all these pictures of Jesus, a baby in a manger. It's so easy for us to think, it's just a baby. But may we look beyond the manger and think of everything that this Christmas season brings us. It brings us a baby. But those angels proclaim to us that baby Jesus is born is Savior. He is our Savior. The song reminds us that in our hearts, anxiety and worry should be dead. If you could go to my next slide there, it says this. To know peace, we must know Jesus. But know Jesus equals no peace. You see, to know a life with no fear, with no Satan leading astray, us astray, we need Christ. We need the gift of Christ. That's the most important gift that you can have this Christmas season. The most important gift for you to open and the most important gift for you to give to one another. To give to anybody else is open the gift of Jesus for your life. And be merry, mighty 
fighting men. As we continue, I just want to lead to the close with reading the rest of Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 15. Let's see if my remote... Thank you. Luke chapter 2, verse 15, we read this. <clears throat> when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. You see, these shepherds went with haste. They had no hesitancy. They didn't wait and say, well, let me do this, let me do that. No, they left the flock in the fields and they went with haste. And let me tell you something else. I don't believe these were any ordinary shepherds. These were no ordinary sheep. I read one commentator that said they believe these shepherds were the shepherds in charge of the sacrificial lambs for the temple. They had a pretty important job to watch over these sheep. But they left the sheep because they knew there was a greater shepherd, a greater sheep, a greater lamb that was just born, the lamb that would be that forever sacrifice for us. They left with haste. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened. We too need to go with haste. Where does this leave us? This holiday season, we must slow down long enough to do just what the shepherds did. Let us go over to Bethlehem, metaphorically, and let us see what has happened. Let us see the Savior. Let us see the baby born named Jesus. The Lord has made this known to us. Let us also make it known to others. Let us lead the flock like the shepherds. Let us go in wonder and amazement as we look to this birth and not take it for granted. May we joyfully lift up the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. May we think of the sounds of the season and not just sing it or whistle it or hum it without even thinking about it. But let us, like the shepherds, focused on the, sh the angels' words, let us also do it in wonder as we think about the message we have. Let us think about it with amazement. We must invest our lives into knowing that Christ was born and you have the ability to have hope and salvation. God rest ye merry gentlemen. We too can find rest and be merry or mighty when we place our life in his hands. This is a carol to live by that shows all who hear it the picture of the Christmas story found in Luke 2. It gives us hope for today, for tomorrow, and for all eternity. A life everlasting with God. May us spread these words. May us live by this carol. May us be a reflection of the light of Christ, which brings us hope, which brings us love, which brings us peace, which brings us joy. Because ultimately, it all comes around that center candle, which is Christ. So as we're in this holiday season, I urge you to slow down. Slow down and hark. Listen. Pay attention to the real meaning of Christmas. This time, time of year, our entire nation stops. They begin to slow down, and they listen to these Christian songs, these Christmas carols. Let's stop down long enough to pay attention when one comes on and say, Hey, do you hear that song? That is one of my favorite songs. I hear you whistling it. I hear you humming it as you're punching in my order at Walmart. Do you, 
Do you know what those words say? Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about a baby-born Savior for us. These people may be slowing down just slow enough to realize that they too need a Savior. Let's take time to think about the message of the songs and what they mean. Let's share the message with others and reflect the light of Christ for all to see. Let me close in prayer as the worship band comes up, and we're going to close with this song, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Lord God, we lift up our eyes to you, and we recognize that the true meaning of Christmas is not about us at all. It's not about the gifts. It's not about working or parties or fun. It's all about you, Jesus. God, it's about your son that you sent down for us as a baby to fulfill over 300 prophecies, words in the Old Testament of what would happen and what we needed as a Savior. Lord, we praise you today and we thank you for Jesus. And as we look to the real meaning of Christmas, we pray that this will be glorifying to you as we spend the next few weeks proclaiming to ourselves and wonder your word. And may we lift our voices with all of our our people around us, just as the heavenly host did in the multitude, singing, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest. May we do this as well. And may we look to you for rest and to be merry and to be mighty men of God. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort God, our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort dismissed.